Well, good morning. How are you guys? I heard it started sleeting a little on the way over here. I was already here, so I haven't seen it yet. Is it cold? Yeah, I'm pretty cold. South Texas never gets this, so it's really cold for me. <laughs> um, this week is our collection week for Operation Christmas Child. And if you don't know what it is, that's the program where you pack a shoebox with toys and items for children, uh, and then that gets sent to another country and given to a child along with the message of Christ. I hope that all of you get a chance and choose to partake in this opportunity um, because it is a blessing all to children all over the world who have very little and who need to hear about the love of Christ. Um, this morning, uh, we are going to discuss Paul's view of giving in his letter, in his second letter to the Corinthians, and see how this text speaks to us uh, this very day in light of our shoebox ministry with children. Um, so if you'll turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I hope you all brought your Bibles. If you didn't, someone next to you will let you read off of theirs. And could we turn these down just a bit? Super, super bright. Might give me a, no, these right here. Yeah, that's better. Thank you. Okay, now I won't get a headache. Okay, um, and Allie, you did such a wonderful job reading. Thank you so much for doing that. I'm very proud of you. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9, we'll start in verse 6. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has made up his mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves the cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever." He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase your harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for all your generosity, which through us will provide thanksgiving to God. Now here's where we're going to camp this morning, 12 through 15. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission following from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift." So that's our text for this morning. So I want to give you a little bit of context. Paul is writing to the Corinthians who are Gentile Christians, and he's asking them to send money to the Jewish Christians. Now, the Jewish Christians, although they are Christian and they know that God came to save the whole world, they're still a little uneasy about the true commitment and zeal of these Gentile Christians. And so Paul is saying, this is a way for you to prove your zeal and your commitment is by sending your, uh, your gifts, whether that be money, food, clothing, seed, bread, 
um, but sending that to them and showing them your true commitment to Christ. Um, the Gentile Christians in Corinth were, um, I guess you would say they were kind of more wealthy than the Jewish Christians. They were in Macedonia. They were living in poverty amongst those that they were ministering to. So not only did they need food, but they needed to share it with those who they were trying to share the gospel with. Um, And so Paul is saying, do this. And when you do this, here's the great thing behind it. Those Jewish Christians will pray for you. They will be thankful for you. But more importantly, they'll be thankful to see what God has done in your life. And all those that they're ministering to, all of those who they're trying to share the gospel with, they will also be thankful for you and for what Christ has done in your life. Um, So does that make sense to everyone? What, What I'm saying is that you're giving. We give so that God may be glorified through the testimony of our generosity. Now I'm going to say right up front, I'm not talking about just your checkbook. Okay, and that's not what Paul was only talking about. There's many other things that you can put under generosity um, and giving. And so this is not a sermon about give us more money, okay? So don't worry. Um, how is this possible that our generosity causes God to be glorified? How do our offerings proclaim Christ? Um, if you look to verse 15... This is kind of the insight. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. This week we have the opportunity to be generous just like the Gentile Christians. These shoe boxes are gifts that will help introduce children to a better gift. And what is this gift that we want them to be introduced and to receive? It's verse 15. It's this inexpressible gift. So So what is that inexpressible gift? Go uh, back one chapter to chapter 8, verse 9. Verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus, that though he was rich, that means he was in heaven, he had everything, he was God, yet for your sake became poor. What does that mean? Anyone? He became human. Thank you. Yes. He became human. He became poor. He lost his throne, everything, he left it. He didn't lose it, but he left it. He became poor so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. By him coming, you might become rich. The gift is salvation, that inexpressible gift. It's the son, and through our offerings, we show his grace. His blessings abound in us personally as a church, and we want those blessings to multiply in others. So we provide them with food, with shelter, with clothing, or the opportunity to hear about Christ through our generosity. Would you say that our church is blessed? Yes. We just had phase one of a massive Ignite, millions of dollars. Did we finish phase one? Are we blessed in our facilities with funding, the love of our people? Yes. Do you think we're doing enough? Well, that's for you and God to talk about if you personally are doing enough to bless others. Um, But I will tell you this. Our sole purpose of giving is to show and point the way to Christ, to show the true gift and show who is really important. 
The only reason that we should give generously is because Christ gave generously. He gave his life. There are things that we can give. We can give our time. We can volunteer. Um, we have people up here who have given their, their offering as their song and their singing and leading us in worship. Um, there are things that you can give generously. If, but if you are only giving so that God will turn around and give you more, and it does say this. Go back to verse 6. We just read it in chapter 9. The point is, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. While this is true and God does bless those who give, the reason that he blesses those who give is not because they're writing that check or they're there every Sunday to volunteer. It's because of the heart that, of which they're giving it. They're cheerful givers. They're giving it because they understand who Christ is. Okay? We're abounding in his grace and we need to pass that grace along to others through our words and through our generosity. I know some people who are so generous with their love. Every time you go around them, you just feel like you're part of their family. You feel like they've known you all your life. Like if you call them at 2 a.m., they would be right there to help you. Some people are generous with their love. Um, turn to Matthew 6, uh, verse 1 through 4. This is a warning to those who give and are not giving with the correct heart. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet like before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they might be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward, the praise of Everyone that's praising them, that's the reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, who knows your heart, will reward you. And it doesn't matter the amount. It is whatever is in your heart. <clears throat> A cheerful giver is not someone who just gives because they can gain more from God. Oh, if I give him you know, this much, then he'll double it. So that's, that's a good investment, right? No, that's not a cheerful, a cheerful giver is generous because he or she understands who God is. Christ calls us to be generous because of who he is and what he has done. And because in, in reality, guys, everything that we have, we owe to him. Turn to Luke 12, chapter 13, or sorry, chapter 12. Verse 33 and 34. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Christ is our true and only treasure. Without him, we would have nothing of value in reality. All that we have one day is going to fade away or going to disintegrate or someone could steal it. We have nothing of value without him. We only have death. We would not have salvation, but we would be doomed to an eternity separated from God. 
So everything that we have, our money, our materials, our talents, everything, once you're a Christian, once you have cast away the world and you're following Christ, everything that you have should be used and needs to be given for his glory, not for your own personal glory or gain. Romans 11.36 says, All things are from God, through God, and to God. To him be the glory forever. Um, John Piper asked this question to his congregation. He said, Do you love the thought that you only exist to make God look glorious? So do you? My pride kind of sticks up a little. I'm like, really? That's the only reason I exist? So I ask you, do you love seeing and showing the glory of Christ through all that you do? No matter what it is, God uses everything, everything. When you have that mindset that I'm giving because God has given me so much and God has blessed me, when you give so that he may be glorified and his grace proclaimed, then that's when you're truly blessed. Your only purpose in giving is so that you can point to Christ. You say, yeah, I know I gave you this. I know I did this wonderful thing, but it's not because I'm so sweet or I'm so nice. It's because of what Christ has done in me. Look at Christ. Look at him. Don't look at me. My faith and trust is in him. So yours should also be in him and not in me. Because that's, he is the only reason why I'm able to do any of this. Otherwise, without Jesus, I'd be really selfish, and I'd keep everything to myself, and you'd be out there hungry and cold, and I would not care. It is because of Christ. Um, a very good friend and our community minister, Angela Atkins, said, when you give, you're saying, it's not me that's awesome, it's God. And I like that. It's not us that's awesome. It is God. We are not that inexpressible gift. He is. It's indescribable. We can never characterize or write enough to describe our gratitude or what this gift of Christ really means. We'll never be able to fully express or fully describe what Christ has done. And actually, probably many of us don't even really realize it right now. As we grow in our understanding of grace and forgiveness, and as we are being sanctified, then as that process is going, God is continually showing us what it really means. And we are at a loss for words of how much he loves us and what he really did for us. Because even though we were sinners and we deserve death, he loved us to death, to the cross. There's a hymn that some of you might know, um, The Love of God. Does anyone know that one? Um, it's, it's, I've always loved it. I first heard it, it was a Mercy Me song, and then I realized it was a hymn. Um, but it's really good, and I found out that the hymn was actually compiled from different works, and that the third stanza of the, song is, or of the hymn is actually from a Jewish poem written about a thousand years ago. And the, the first part of the hymn goes like this. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave his son to win. 
his erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin. And here's the part that I love. Here's the part that is the the Jewish poem. Could we with ink the ocean fill, or were the skies of parchment made? Were every stock on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God above would drain the oceans dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. Isn't that beautiful? I really do believe this. I believe that no matter how much we write or how much you say, just like Paul says, you can never fully describe or express what it meant for God to come down, to send his son, to live a perfect life, and then to die on the cross for people who were completely ungrateful. Those same people that he loved put him on the cross. We put him on the cross through our sins. From our sins that we cannot escape from committing, he sent his son to die on the cross because we needed a sacrifice. But Jesus graciously and obediently accepted his father's will that that was the only way. The only sacrifice for our sin that would ever really count would have to be his son and his death. And through his death and resurrection... That's the only way that we, those ungrateful people, can be in heaven. That we can be forgiven. And that we can have a relationship with God that is restored. And that is eternal. It would be much easier in my mind if God would have just scrapped us all and started over. And said, you're ungrateful and I created you. And you know, he almost did that a couple times in the Bible like killed every single person, okay? But there was always a remnant that he saved, right? But he could have just destroyed us all and started over and made a race that was obedient, that didn't sin, and that was grateful. And he was going to make them that way. But you know what? He didn't do that. Instead, he sent his son to the cross so that we could be forgiven and find love and grace and a relationship with our creator. Because as much as it is God's character that we be punished, that, our, that sin be dealt with, it's also just as much importantly in his character that he loves and that he is forgiving and that he wanted to reach down and help us and restore us to him. So this gift that we did not deserve, we did nothing that merited his gift, and we, he, we don't even really know him. We're strangers to him until he calls us and we become believers. Yet he still did this so that we could know him. And these children that we send these boxes to, they are also strangers to us. And we've never met, met him, met them, and we don't know who they are. They've never given us any cause to love them, but it is in our hearts, because we believe in Jesus, to love them. Jesus knows every single part of us, which is great, right? He knows when I'm sad, he knows when I'm happy, but he also knows the really awful parts. Your sin, the things that you try to hide, the things that you struggle with, your temptations, your habitual sins, whatever it is, he knows literally everything about you. Yet he still loves you. 
Sometimes I find it hard to love myself because I get so frustrated with myself. Yet God never does. He always loves me. He always loves you. When you follow Christ, you give up your life and you take on his. You're given a new heart and you're made a new creation. Tonight, my growing Christ class, that's what we're talking about, right? Is that we're a new creation. We understand that we love people who don't deserve it, but, and we bless them that we don't know, but it's all because Jesus did that for us. He is that inexpressible gift. And we have an opportunity to show his gift every day. Right now, it's through Operation Christmas Child. Christian churches and missionary programs contact Samaritan's Purse and they say, hey, will you come? And we have these kids in our neighborhood and we would love, we've been ministering to them, we would love for you to come and to have your ministry with all of our kids. Many of the, a lot of them have never heard about Jesus. But there are some of them who have been exposed to an environment where they are being pursued by Christ through the work of these churches. And so, in my mind, it's, it's pretty easy when I think about Operation Christmas Child because we're blessed with so much. And I know this personally with our kids because I'm in charge of the children's ministry. Guys, kids, you are so blessed. You have volunteers that love you, that are dedicated. You have a church who loves you and supports you and gives things for us to have fun We had a bunch of stuff at the sleepover that was donated just for us to have fun. I mean, that's really great. We have a wonderful church, and we need to give that back. And this is just one way that you can give it back. I hope you guys do this. But more importantly, I just hope you start thinking about what can I offer to God. Um, Through the shoebox ministry, you put little gifts inside here, and they take it. And they give it to the child, and they, the child sees, oh, someone loved me enough. They don't know who I am, but they love me enough to pack a shoebox, and it got sent to me, and I get to open it, and this is the best day of my life. And then one of the Samaritan Purse people come up behind them, and they say, you know what else is wonderful about today? I'm going to tell you about the greatest gift I'm going to tell you about someone who loves you even more than the person that gave you the shoebox. I'm going to tell you about Jesus. And that's what they do. Um, And they have a discipleship program uh, that they teach these kids and they give them a Bible. And it's really cool. Um, And all those things are wonderful. Children are coming to Christ and their families are following them. And it's wonderful. And I personally love that. You guys know my heart. I love that. But you know what's even more wonderful is that in doing that, God is being glorified. Your gifts are being taken. Children are praising God for you and for your love, the love that you have only because of Jesus. God is being glorified. Remember John Piper's question. Do you like it that the only reason you exist is to make God look glorious. We desire to glorify God. That is what he wants for us. And when that happens, wonderful things happen. Like children across the world hearing about the gospel message, 
seeing Christ working in their lives, seeing him through a shoebox full of toys. Like God can use a shoebox full of toys. What else can he use that you have, a talent that you have, something that you want to give? What is he asking you to offer? So, um, but we are going to take a moment and we're going to watch a cute little funny video with uh, Uncle Cy, if you guys know Duck Dynasty. And he's going to talk to us about what we can put in this shoebox and what is probably not a good idea. And if you know Uncle Cy, he, he has lots of bad ideas. Okay? So let's watch that. All right, can I get, we are going to pack a shoebox this morning together. So can I get all my kids up here? And some of you brought gifts, so bring those up here with you. Okay? Okay, so this is our shoebox. Now, you guys want to sit so everyone can see? Awesome. Okay, so who brought a gift? Gabe, what'd you bring? A paper airplane? That's pretty cool. Lydia, what'd you bring? Ooh, socks. This is really good. Um, who else brought something? You brought a toothbrush and toothpaste. You too? Ooh, Angry Birds. That's, that's fun. Let's see. Crayons. Do you think they can use crayons? Yeah. Oh, what about a stuffed animal? How many of you have a stuffed animal that you sleep at the night or a lovey or something like that? Yeah? Awesome. You have 20? Wow. You have more? Okay. Uh, let's see. What else did you bring? What is this? A jump rope. I bet that's tons of fun. Who else? <gasps> Candy. Make sure it's not expired when you send it, okay? But this is awesome. Because you know what? They don't always get candy over there. Probably never. What'd you bring? Oh, a comb. Yeah, so they can fix their hair if they get knots because that can be painful. What'd you bring? A ball? Let's see. Oh, it lights up. That's fun. <gasps> oh, a cross necklace. I love that. That looks handmade. Who else? A backpack. Do you think they could use a backpack to keep all their stuff in it? Yeah, it has to be kind of small to fit in here, though, right? Okay, who else? Anyone else bring something? What did you bring, Ryan? Ooh, hair clips. Yes. Anyone else? Is that it? Awesome. So we have our shoebox ready. Do you think they'll love it? Do you think they'll like everything we put in? We'll have to tape it shut so that it it'll close, okay? We'll make sure. So this shoebox, we are going to send, and hopefully we'll get to find out where it's going to go. But when, um, when the child, uh, it'll probably be for a girl since we have these hair clips and our backpack's kind of girly, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Has hearts and stuff on it, yeah. So when the little girl gets this backpack, she, what else will she get besides the box of gifts? Hair clip. Okay, a Bible. What else will she get? The love of Jesus. The love of Jesus. And who will she get to hear about? God. God, that's right. There's three things. Um, they have a, a, a program that's 12 weeks. It's kind of like a Sunday school class, but it's only 12 weeks. And the kids get to go through this program, and there's three things that they talk about. They talk about God's great gift, which is who? Jesus, that's right. 
And then they talk about walking with God and how we can trust him and what it means to follow Christ. And then they talk about sharing God's gift. What do you think that means? Sharing his gift. What do you think it means? Sharing his love. What else? Are we sharing God's love through this? Yep. Yep. It's, it teaches them how to tell others. Because that's right. When you get a gift that's so awesome, a lot of times do you want to go and play, use it and play with a friend? Yeah. And that's the same thing with Jesus. When we understand who he is and how much he loves us and that's an awesome gift, we want to share it with other kids or with our family or with our neighbors or whoever, people at school. Okay? So we are going, if everyone will turn their head or turn your body, whichever is easier, to look at Miss Laura, we're going to take a photo and we're going to print it and put it inside this box with our address. And then just in case the little girl can write a letter or maybe she can send us her photo, okay? So let's all look up here and we're going to take a photo together, okay? All right. Good job, guys. Well, thank you so much for helping me pack this shoebox. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. <laughs> I know you guys are so ready for lunch, huh? Or to go play outside in the cold snow. Okay. Let's pray over this box and pray for the little girl who's going to get it. And we're also going to pray for our offering. And then after we pray, I'm going to dismiss you to back to your parents. And then I have a couple more things to tell your parents. And then we'll have our offering and sing, okay? Sound good? All right. Can everyone try to put their hand on this box? And if you can't put your hand on the box, put your hand on the person in front of you. Good job. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all the love that you give us. Thank you for this church that loves us as kids and that does wonderful things and blesses us. And help this box, whatever girl it goes to, help it to bless her life and help her to find you that's her true gift. Help her to know who you are and that you love her and that she can be forgiven. We say all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Okay, you guys can go back to your parents. Yeah. Oh, did you? Did they get your finger? I'm sorry. Are you going to sing, Lily? One day? Okay, we'll let you in. All right. So before we have our offering, um, I want to be kind of real with you guys. Don't get mad at me. Um, a lot of times as Christians, God, off, God asks us to give us our whole lives, um, to be generous with everything. And a lot of times as Christians, and I know I'm guilty of it, but we hide behind our checkbook. And we say, God, I'll give you whatever you want, but it's our checkbook. Um, there are things that God wants us to offer him that are not monetary. They're not funds. It's not financial um, it's, it might be a talent that you have. It might be singing. Lily wants to offer her singing. Um, it could be your love for other people and helping. Um, it could be something as simple as uh, you love to shop. And so every time you go shop and buy something for yourself, you're going to buy two things for someone in need. Whatever it is, um, your talent. Um, what is God asking you to offer him today? 
Now, there are also some of you in here who are really good Christians who always come to church, you always say the right things, you know how to pray in public, you know how to read your Bible, um, but you've never truly given your heart. You just wear this Christian mask. And there are many in our church who are like that. And it is today when you take off that mask and let it really become who you are. Maybe what God is asking you to offer is really your whole heart and to trust him and to be forgiven and to love him and to let him love you, which is the greatest thing. Right, Gabe? Is that the greatest thing for God to love us? Yes. Um, so whatever it is that God wants you to offer up during our time of offering, um, if it's not something financial, which I hope for many of us, you have something else that you're willing to give to God, in your, um, perfect, can I have that? In your tear out, there's a section on the back, uh, share prayer or praise. Your praise would be what you're going to offer. You can give that to us so we can know, or you can keep it and give it to a friend and say, hold me accountable to this, because this is what I want to start offering God. Whatever it is, just write it. And if you need a time where you, you realize, I never really gave God my heart. This is your time to come. There's never a better, there's never a wrong time to be completely humiliated by God into realizing that you haven't done the first thing that you should have done. And you don't need to be embarrassed. None of us here are going to judge you no matter who you are because we love you. And we just want you to have that love and that heart for Christ. So you come. <laughs>